Good morning, everyone. Everyone present here and on Zoom. Um, title for this talk is Right Intention. Um, you may remember uh, if you were here last week or you read uh, Zen Chat that one of the little statements I made last week is that meditation is the earth out of which generosity and patience and wisdom and compassion arise when it's watered with right intention. So I'd just like to speak a little bit more about right intention. Uh, there's a few things that come to mind um, as synonyms for it, as a way of describing it. But right intention or wise intention uh, has the feeling of, a, of being one, um, a beginner's mind, uh, a sense of sincerity, uh, a sense of being um, fully committed to something rather than half committed to something. It has all that kind of flavour to it. And I'd like to begin by um, telling you a, uh, a quotation from Chogram Trumper in relation to this. He says, there is no such thing as spiritual practice except stepping out of self-deception and stopping our struggle to get hold of special spiritual states. Just give that up. Other than that, there's no spirituality. <laughs> and uh, they're good words um, to guide us in the right direction because part of sincerity, you know, in right intention is to be examining self-deception. Mm -hmm. um, am I just doing this practice to make a better me, do you know, or self-improvement or whatever it might be, to look good, uh -huh. um, just to get a sense of belonging to a group or whatever. Like what, what's the intention? Is, to, is the intention really to, to see into the truth of things, you know, and, and to see into the truth of my experience of life? That's kind of what all right intention is. Now, if you, if you reflect um, just on what the nature of sitting in meditation is like when you first begin this morning. Uh, it can, if, once you first settle down and you notice what's happening in your mind, well, I'll, I'll talk from personal experience anyway, there's this vague, it's not a strong sense, but it's a vague sense of chasing something. You know? And the mind's kind of nattering on a bit. And it's sort of vague and general, but it's like there's a longing for something, a chasing for something. If I get whatever it is, and I don't even know what it is, if I get it, then it'll be okay. You know? And it might be that what I'm chasing is a peaceful experience from doing zazen today. It might be something like that. But the nature of the mind is it's kind of chasing something. If you, if you really watch your mind very, very closely um, in everyday life, but then you see it so much more clearly when you stop and you sit, there's, there's always some, some <coughs> chasing after whatever it might be. It might be love, connection, attention, excitement, anything. 
um, anything but here. You know? And uh, that's, that's the nature of our lives. As we see it, um, we see that a lot more clearly, that that's what's actually going on. And when also what is in the experience of sitting is that you realise that you can't hold on to the moment. Like the moment's just constantly passing into something else, like the kids running up and down, do you know, or the, the sound of the air conditioning and the traffic, it just won't stay still, you know, it's keep on going. But there can be this tendency to want to, to grip it, do you know, and hold it. Well, I want to be in the present moment, do you know, but it keeps slipping through your fingers, uh, through your experience. And, uh, then, and then you just surrender to the flow of it after a while, just coming and going. And because it's the nature of the mind, of the, the grasping mind, to want to control something. And you sit here long enough and you realise you just simply cannot control life as it is. It will just come and go as it was intended to go. And uh, so you can't stop the moment from being what it is. Um, but what we can stop is the craving of the mind to be somewhere else, doing something else. Mm -hmm. And when we look at what really the true nature of um, renunciation means or relinquishment in Buddhism, it's not necessarily to live a, um, a life of a monk or a nun or to give up material things. But really, to me, the essence of what renunciation is to renounce trying to chase after something other than what is here right now. That is, that is the, great, the great challenge of it. And yeah, it takes a lot of work, a lot of practice to actually see that going on and for it to, to drop away. And when you reflect on it, just to go back to basics, um, the practice of sazen, do you know, as we do, uh, which is the core of this practice, just taking up this position, and you look at all the components of it, you're still, um, and you're quiet, and you're focused, and with right intention, you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So all of those components together, and when you really think of it, it is just so simple, but is the perfect antidote to the mind that wants to chase after something and crave something other than the moment. It plonks you right in the moment and, and there's no way out of it, uh -huh. eventually. You know, when, you, when all of your escape routes start to, to drop away and you settle, you do have that sense of, um, of settling. Um, and it's very different like to spend our day, half a day doing this, when you reflect on it, it's very, there's nothing wrong in, in having pleasurable experiences at all. You know, you can't, that's part of life. You know, normal people um, have pleasurable experiences. Um, but there's a, a big difference between having them and chasing after them to fill the void. And there's other variations on that too. It's not just pleasure, but also um, excessively pursuing intellectual things as well, like looking for an answer, like finding an answer for life in a book or a self-help book. 
and constantly going over them and reading and reading and reading all the time to find something. Um, that's not necessarily the seeking of pleasure, it's like the seeking of answers, the chasing of answers. And if I just get the answer, then it'll all be okay. Right. So it takes many... Self-deception takes many different pathways. You know. Or it could even become being a Buddhist, you know, and I'll relinquish all this stuff and I'll have a robe and a title and I'll, I'll pursue this higher spiritual pleasure. That, that's a self-deception as well. Um, that's not really turning up to be present in the moment as it is. So there's many, many different ways in which we can chase things in which we deceive ourselves. Um, it's really important to come back to, well, I find it is to come back to um, Hakuin's words in that song of Zazen, um, which we recited today. Um, is there anything missing now? This very place is the lotus land, this very body, the Buddha. You could sum up all Zen in those, those lines. Because um, as much as we might see it, uh, the thing we've got to, and we committed to sitting, the thing we all really need to look at, including me, is, is the commitment to be present full or is it just half-hearted? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things kind of happen when it's half-hearted. So you're kind of sitting here and uh, you've given up the morning to go to the beach or be with friends or whatever. So you're just sitting here and you're listening to the air conditioner all the time, like buzzing around. And you go, well, it's just little old me sitting here listening to the air conditioner. It seems rather dull. It is very ordinary. You know? um, and why did I really come here this morning? Um, when you get into that state of mind, it's kind of like the commitment to being present. It's telling you it's half-hearted. It's like, you know, I want to have some special experience. I want to come here and I want to feel more peaceful or more contented or whatever. Yes, that will develop. But when, it, when it's kind of like, well, this is really boring or it's mundane, it should be something else should be happening here. I should be feeling something more exalted or something more blissful or whatever. Again, it's a kind of chasing after something that um, Chogyam Trumper is reminding ourselves of. Um, now, what we do um, by sitting quiet and doing nothing and looking at the mind chasing itself is very different to um, a lot of very um, popular religion, and I'm thinking at the moment of um, a, a very uh, growing, um, strongly growing religious movement in Australia at the moment is, is Pentecostal um, Christianity, and it's getting really huge. You know? uh, it's so different from this experience, it's like a, it's a buzz, you know, it's exciting, and people are given inspiring speeches to fill them with hope, you know, and it's kind of like the tank, the tank is empty and I'll go along to the meeting and I'll get filled up with hope and inspiration and then the tank goes empty again and you fill it up with hope and inspiration and you keep going back to something like that. 
I'm sure it's a kind of a spiritually uplifting kind of experience. Um, but as I read in a book recently, um, a Buddhist teacher went along to a friend's Pentecostal meeting and his, his take on it was they were filled with longing but they didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, this longing for God or this longing for exaltation but they didn't seem to know what to do with the energy once they'd aroused the energy. And um, Zen practice is not about filling the tank up with so-called exalted spiritual experiences. It's emptying the tank, right? completely emptying the tank. Um, and when you, when you really, that's what right intention is. It's the, it's the willingness to really turn up to be present and, and to empty the tank. And then what happens is that you're, particularly in meditation, you know, you're, you, you're, you're content being in the silence of your mind. That's what happens when you do meditation. You empty the mind and the mind becomes silent. And not too many people are content with a silent mind. You know, they want to, they fill it up with noise is what most people do in their lives. They just can't tolerate the silence or the emptiness of the mind. Um, but when, what you find is if you, you absorb yourself in this experience over and over again, um, the silence of the mind is a wonderful thing and you're willing to abide there and it's a very deep sense of um, contentment and a very strong sense of belonging to life that comes out of it. Not belonging to a group, but belonging to life, you know, which doesn't have any boundaries to it. And, uh, but for that to work with the right intention, it's like, it's like there has to be a full, a full commitment and a sort of beginner's mind sincerity to just emptying the tank and noticing when you how you want to fill it up again and emptying the tank. And then what happens is that um, ordinary everyday experience, whatever it might be, just sitting here listening to the air conditioner, it's like there's there's no there's no desire to be outside of that experience, whatever it is. And that's where the deep sense of contentment comes from, where that really, you, you, at a deeper level, you're letting... It's not just, oh, yeah, the present moment. Yeah, been there, done that, you know? Right, and now what next? It's like the present moment, keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it, until that craving to be elsewhere just drops away. And then you, lead, then you do lead a fulfilling life. And when you, you're happy in that, you're content in that silence of the mind, um, then anything that happens is okay. Any, it's like there's no more boredom anymore. Anything that's happening is okay. Um, but it's not necessarily chasing some kind of exalted experience or a blissful experience. There is no such thing as spiritual practice except stepping out of self-deception and stopping our struggle to get hold of spiritual states. Just give that up. Other than that, 
there is no spirituality. <laughs> there isn't any spirituality, it's just life as it is. Okay, thank you everyone. <laughs>